your promise still stands great is your faithfulness your faithfulness i'm still in your hands this is my confidence you never fail me same yesterday, today, and forever. If you serve that God, before you are seated, tell someone next to you, if he did it for Abraham, he can do it for you. Tell someone else, tell them, the same God that did it for Moses can do it for you. Tell somebody else behind you, the one that did it for Joshua can do it for you. The one that did it for Esther can do it for you. The one that did it for Daniel can do it for you. The one that did it for Elijah can do it for you. The one that did it for Jeremiah can do it for you. The one that did it for Malachi can do it for you. The one that did it for Peter can do it for you. The one that did it for Paul can do it for you. Same God. Same God. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want to welcome our live streaming audience around the world. You may be seated. Greetings. Just returned from South Africa. Just come back. Last Sunday I left y'all. Went to South Africa. Took a 30-hour journey yesterday. 30 hours. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Just to be with you here today. And uh, thank you. South Africa is a beautiful country. If you've never on your bucket list, add South Africa. It's beautiful people, beautiful culture, unbelievable food. The church is on fire. And, and there's an Instagram posting that, that, is, that you saw me dancing. The, the way the South African people worship, let's just say it's free. It's free. So it's, it's crazy free. It's, it's good free. So George and I, we just went like, let's... There's an African dance... Um, we, ha we may have visitors here the first time we don't want to traumatize them but put on your bucket list we've been preaching for the past few weeks since Easter what took place after the resurrection of Jesus we know that Jesus met with his disciples behind closed doors 
We talked about the power of these encounters, the fact that these private encounters lead to public elevation. What we do privately leads to what we see publicly. That if we can bow privately in the presence of God, we can stand publicly in the presence of men. Cover that. Then not only did Jesus meet with them and they were completely interacted with Jesus, then we find the disciples, the Jesus posse, fishing. They went back. Now I want you to hear this carefully. It's not that they went back because they doubted Jesus. No, they talked to Jesus. They touched Jesus. There was zero doubt of God's power. They all believed in God. No atheist, no agnostic, no doubts whatsoever about God. But they went back. Why did they go back if they knew God was so real? They didn't doubt God. They doubted themselves. And it's not an issue of doubting God. The issue right now in humanity is not people doubting God. There was a recent survey regarding people that study quantum physics in Ivy League schools, not only Ivy Leagues, but the Oxfords and Cambridges of the world. They found that the majority of people that study quantum physics believe in God. Yeah, of course. You don't doubt. I mean, just mathematically, scientifically speaking, there's something instead of nothing. I mean, all of it across the board from, gravi from gravity to the fact that we're sentient beings, consciousness, God. You can't deny God. We don't really doubt God. What we doubt is ourselves. Our issue is us. Where are we in God's plan? If there is a God, what is his plan for my life? Am I in his will? What, what does he want me to do? What do I want to do? It's all about ourselves. So they, they got questions about themselves. What are we going to do now? Jesus resurrected. He, he, he did this. And we're supposed to wait for the Holy Spirit. How long do we wait? He never gave us like a deadline. So what do we do? I mean, where do we go? So when you don't know where to go, they went backwards. So they did. They went back to doing what they were, what they knew to do back prior before they met Jesus. They went back to their comfort zone. You go to your little security blanket. Yeah, you go back to that relationship. Back to that old boyfriend and girlfriend. Back to that old way of thinking. Back to that bottle. Back to that thing. You follow what I'm saying? Because if you don't know what your future holds, then you go back to your past. Have you, you have to learn that the, the, like, like there is no middle ground. What about the middle ground of wait? Why is it hard to wait? It's either going this. It's like the old, you know. Dun, 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 what about wait? The art of doing nothing. Yeah. They couldn't do nothing. They couldn't just wait. So they went back. Then they go back to fishing. You know, you heard from last week. So they're fishing. And all of a sudden, Jesus is not with them. And they're fishing. And they start to fish. They catch nothing. Because when you go back, you catch nothing. And then Jesus is in the shoreline. They don't know it's Jesus. Because he's far away. So far away. He's far away. And, and the, the, the man over here yells out and says, Hey, guys, you guys can you catch it. Oh, we catch nothing. Catch your net. Cast your net to the right-hand side. This is from last week's episode. So they... They, they went and they, and they called and they big catch and then there was a, the net was full. Wow. And then John tells Peter, hey, Peter, it's Jesus. So Peter, we heard from last week, he, he jumped in. He jumped in. Last time Peter, as I mentioned last week, last time Peter had an encounter with water and Jesus, he was looking for faith, so he walked. This time he was looking for forgiveness, so he jumped. Because forgiveness makes you do desperate things. 
like if you're looking for faith, you walk. You try to walk on water. But when if you need forgiveness, I'm not even waiting to walk, baby. <laughs> he just jumped right in. And now, in the words of Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. John 21, verse 8. The other disciples then brought the boat to shore, dragging their catch of fish. They dragged the net. When they got to shore, they noticed a charcoal fire with some roasted fish and bread. Panera. This is the Panera message. Then Jesus said, bring me some of the fish from Scott's. So Peter waded into the water. Scott's letting get. All right. So Peter, Sacramento thing, if you're watching around the world, you have no idea what you said. So Peter waded into the water and helped pull the net to shore. It was full of many large fish, exactly 153. Who counted? But even with so many fish, the net was not torn. I want to title the message briefly here. New season, new you, new net. Amen. New season, new you, new net. Let me begin with the first point. Drag it if you must, but do not leave your breakthrough behind. Let me repeat that. Drag it if you must, but do not leave your breakthrough behind. I want you to put this in perspective. They were catching nothing. Jesus tells them, cast the net on the right-hand side. They did. The net got full of fishes. I mean, I mean 153. And the net did not break, but it was large. It was so large, one disciple could not drag it. Two disciples could not carry it. The Bible says that the posse dragged the net onto the shore. That's how big it was. I want you to hear me. The battle is to make you abandon your catch. The enemy's strategy is to overwhelm you in order to provoke you to abandon your harvest. I'm going to say this one more time. The enemy's strategy is to overwhelm you in order to provoke you to abandon the harvest. He wants to overwhelm you with the now so you'll miss out on the next. You're missing this. Did you get this right now? Here's the word of the Lord already. Don't leave it behind. Don't abandon it. What does it mean? Get some help. What are you talking about? The problem is that we try to drag the net all by ourselves. The problem arises when we think that we are sufficiently strong enough to do it all by ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, this life's journey was never meant to be traveled in the silo of solitude. From Adam and Eve in the garden to Jesus Christ commissioning his apostles two by two, purpose cannot be fulfilled without partnerships. What are you preaching? In order for you to fulfill your purpose, you must learn to partner. You're trying to drag the net all by yourself. Kingdom collaboration is a prerequisite for kingdom advancement. What does it mean? You can't do this by yourself. Here's the message for today. You can't do life by yourself. You can't do Christianity by yourself. You can't do faith by yourself. You can't drag your miracle by yourself. If you could do it by yourself, then, then it wasn't of God. What God has given you is so big in life, you're going to need some people around you that'll help you drag your net and take it to the shoreline. Can't do it by yourself. The moment you do it by yourself, you become a narcissist. The, the moment you think it's your own strength, your own fortitude, your own brilliance, your own financial account. Nah. You think it's you. Somebody recently naively posted on a social media platform in a pushback. They, they naively posted and said, the titles, the best titles are not, are, are, are not given. They are earned. 
you want to kind of push back and say, really, like you earned the title of being born again and being saved. Sure, like you paid for it. Like, sure. No, the greatest title is actually not earned. It was paid by Jesus on the cross. And that is a child of the living God. You can't do things by yourself. I don't care how far you've gotten in the ice. If you think you got there all by yourself, you're living a lie. Somebody paid the price for you to be there. Somebody prayed you through. I know you, I know you did something, but it wasn't all you. Get over yourself. Somebody prayed you through. Somebody praised you through. Somebody prophesied you through. Are you with me right now? You gotta find people who will help you drag your net. Because if you could drag it by yourself, there's a great probability that that catch came out of your own doing. When it's a God catch, when it's a God harvest, you're going to need some help. What's the word for you right now? Find someone who believes in you when you do not believe in yourself. Find someone who will... Look at your neighbor tell them, find someone. Find someone who will pray you out of your pit and praise with you in the palace. Find someone who will tell you no when your flesh tells you yes. Find someone who will push you towards your future and protect you from your past. Find someone who will speak prophetically into your destiny while rebuking the drama. Find someone who will pray with you in the drought and dance with you in the rain. Find someone who, like Silas and Paul, will sing with you even when you're behind bars. Find someone like Jonathan and David who will love you and protect you more than a brother. And find someone like Elijah and Elisha who will walk with you and not be jealous of your mantle. Am I preaching to somebody right now? Look at your neighbor, tell them, find somebody who will love you, who will pray with you, who will praise with you, who will lift you up, who will support you, who will have your back. Find someone. Find someone who will help you drag your net. Because you can't drag the net by yourself. When God fills it, it's going to need some help. When God fills it, you're going to need some help. I'm going to say that one more time. When God fills your net, you're going to need some help. Oh, I wish you would get this right now. Deuteronomy 32.30, you know this. One person can chase a thousand. Two people can put 10,000 to flight. Matthew 18 and 19.20, I give you an eternal truth. If two of you agree to ask God for something in a symphony of prayer, my heavenly Father will do it for you. I'm telling you, I'm going to speak prophetically now. God is surrounding you with the kind of people that will help you drag your net. If there's somebody who's no longer around you, stop whining about it. Stop complaining about it. If there's somebody who's no longer part of that day, don't whine about it. Don't DM them and don't text them. Oh, matter of fact, one of the most important prayers you could ever make is, God, I give you permission to remove. I dare you to make that prayer right now. God, I give you permission to remove 
to remove the wrong people and to replace them with the right people. Do it now, Jesus. I'm about to drag my net. There's a harvest coming my way. There's a breakthrough coming my way. There's an anointing coming my way. There's a healing coming my way. You got to learn in life. One of the most critical decisions that you can make in life is to determine who's your inner circle. How about this? One of the most important decisions in life is who can who has access to your net? You ever, yeah, I'm not I could make so many jokes right now what I'm about to ask for, but I'm not gonna make them. Does anyone have a switchblade here? Armando. You left your switchblade at home? Does anybody have a switchblade? A pocket knife. Let me have a pocket knife. Let me have it. Somebody get it. Open it up. See, the problem is, Nate, come here, Nate. Close this up for me real quick. Careful. All right. The problem is, stick around, I'm going to get open up for a second. The problem is that you have people who on occasion get close to your net. And they could hang around you while your net is empty. And, they, and they're with you while your net is empty. Don't even shout how you through. Shundoho. While your net is empty. But the moment they see your net full. The moment they see your net full. They can't handle your blessing. They can't handle your favor. They can't handle your breakthrough. Are you with me right now? That's why. Now they're no longer around. Don't, no, no, no. You don't want them back. You want God to surround you with the kind of people they don't have this. You want the kind of people that say, your blessing is my blessing. Your breakthrough is my victory. Your victory is my victory. And the moment your net gets full, they help you drag it. Because they know that if they're faithful in helping you drag your net... Their net is on the way. Their breakthrough is on the way. Their victory is on the way. Are you with me right now? I dare you to look at your name and tell them, drag your net. Pick up your net. Drag your net. Drag your net. Drag your net. Drag that net. Drag that net. Drag it. Am I preaching to anybody in this place? Don't give everyone access to your net. Not everyone deserves to have access to your dream. Not everyone deserves to have access to your destiny. Surround yourself with people. Discern, baby. One of the, one of the most important prayers you can make other than salvation is God, surround me with the right people. And number two, give me the spirit of discernment. Discern. Discern. Discern, discern, discern. Am I preaching to anybody? Oh. 
She just broke out some Cinco de Mayo praise back there. It's, it's the end of May right there. Here's something. Let me, let me, let me land this here. I just, have you ever been in a place where you had to drag your net? It's not sophisticated. Have even the term, the phrase, sophisticated dragging. This, that's a contradiction. It's oxymoronic. It's incoherent. How can you be sophisticated in dragging? Dragging in itself implies you can't be pretty and drag it. You can't be like, have you ever seen someone in a tuxedo with a pair of Versace or Louis Vuittons? Dragging requires a posture beyond, you don't care, you're just dragging. When it's valuable enough, you're willing to lose your pride. You're willing to lose your ego. You're willing to lose yourself because what God has placed in your net is greater than you. Are you with me right now? It's great. One more time. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, drag it. Tell him, don't leave anything behind. I'm going to prophesy to somebody right here. Just they caught. It was so valuable what they caught that they were willing to go beyond themselves, throw themselves in the water, and drag it. One of them jumped right in. And then he, read it, then Peter turned around and dragged it to the rest, dragged it to the end of the line. You got to be willing to go beyond yourself, beyond your pride. It's not about you, baby. You have to stop bearing. It's not about you. It's about, so then they dragged it, he dragged it. I'm preaching somebody here. He they dragged it, they dragged it, dragged it. And they dragged it. We got it. We're not going to leave anything behind. You know what I mean? Whatever I tell you, that in your past your net may have broken and you thought you left stuff behind what if I tell you that in Jesus even the stuff that you love that you thought you left behind that you thought drowned and was lost what if I tell you that when you get to the shoreline what you thought was lost is in the hands of the master <laughs> I'm going to show you this I'm going I'm to land this watch this they dragged it. They dragged it. Whoo! They dragged it. Whoo! They dragged it. Once they got here, 100 meters, once they got here, who was here? Watch. I, I wish I could just illustrate this if I had some like Panera stuff going on here. Here's Jesus. Watch this. Here's Jesus. And Jesus is doing what? He's cooking with, what does he have there? Stop. He already has the fish. Stop. There's nothing that says that Jesus went fishing. He already had prepared what they were bringing. They were bringing something he already had. You missed that. It was already done. They were bringing something he already had. There's no evidence of Jesus going fishing. There's no evidence of Jesus buying fish from someone else. We know that Jesus was preparing what they were already bringing. They had yet to bring it and yet it was already done. I'm here to tell you in Christ, it's already done. I need you to tell your neighbor, it's already done. 
when Jesus said on the cross it is finished it was already done when on the third day he resurrected it was done when you opened up your mouth and you confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord that there is no other way but Jesus it was done and I'm here to tell you Isaiah 43 what God has done cannot be undone what God has done cannot be undone raise your hands repeat after me it's already done Isaiah 43 says from eternity to eternity I am God no one can snatch anyone out of my hand and no one can undo what I have done look up here please there's not a devil in hell a demon on earth there's not a man or a woman that can undo what God has already done I'm gonna say that one more time for our audience around the world there's not a devil in hell or a demon on earth there's not a man or a woman that can undo what God has already done I don't know if you understand this if God already said you are saved if God said you are delivered if God already said you are healed if God already said you are blessed there's not a devil in hell a demon on earth a man or a woman that can undo what God has already done if you believe that give God the kind of praise I dare you to shout it's already done I dare you to say it's too late now raise your hands and say it's too late now it's too late I'm too saved to be condemned I'm too delivered to be held captive I'm too healed to be broken I'm too blessed to be cursed it's already done it's already done somebody say it's already done now do you really believe it's already done that's why the Bible says first Peter 2 24 by his stripes not we will be healed we are what we are we're done we're healed already see when you get to the shoreline and you drag the net you find out that he already forgave you you're walking towards something he already did one day God will forgive me no he actually technically already did one day he'll wash me of all my sins technically speaking when he did it on the cross 2,000 years ago he already did you're just walking to the acceptance to your realization all right point number three point number two is already done point number three is with an exclamation point is count this little attitude like this count this that's a little Stockton attitude baby you got to do it like this count this Matter of fact, look at your neighbor and say, count this. You got a little gun. You know, not, 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 not for gun. I'm not talking about Granite Bay now. You got to go a little bit Stockton now and go, count this. Granite Bay would be this. Granite Bay would be. Count this. No, this is not going to. Why count this? Why? Well, watch, 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 watch. I'm going to tell you why count this. The Bible says that they counted the fishes. That's awkward, guys. Who would count? What was the number they came out with? But who would count? It's, it's important who would count. When they were dragging, read it. At the end, Peter jumps in and says, I got this. I love this. This is a movie. It is. Peter says, let me, let me take it all the way to the end. This is Peter. This is Pete. Pedro. I got this. 
I got this. You got this? It was Peter. So, and then it says they counted the fishes. Why would Peter dragging the net be associated with 153? Because the last time Peter was associated with a number, it was in Matthew 26 when Jesus told him, hey Peter, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So the last time, Peter, you were associated with a number, it was a number of failure. It was a number of disobedience. It was a number of denial. But this time, somehow they counted. One, two, three. I remember that number. But it's not over. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 153. In other words, in Jesus, your days of victory will be much larger than your days of defeat. I don't know if you're getting this. Your lifetime of holiness will outweigh your season of sinfulness. Are you with me right now? Are you getting this right now? I dare you to say, count this. You will not be known for your failures. You will not be known for your sins. You will not be known for your defeat. You will not be known for the things you did wrong. You will not be known for the days that you got it completely known. You will be known for the miracle of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus, the mercy of Jesus. That's it. You will be known. Guys, come up here. Armando, Pastor Armando, can you go? Who else? Elijah. Pastor Elijah just got back from his honeymoon. not even going to make any jokes. I'm not. Not. You need people in your life. You need the right people. If the people around you are not drawing you closer to God, stop asking questions. The new you in the new season has a new net that cannot break. Well, I'm done. I want you to compare this passage to Luke chapter 5, verse 6. And it says, this time their nets were so full of fish they began to break. So I preached about this part before. Three and a half years before, it was the same group of guys with the same Jesus doing the same thing. But the net broke. Three and a half years before, Jesus looks at him and says, guys, you fishing? Yeah. What did you catch? Nothing. Catch your net. Same words. On the right-hand side, they did. The Bible says they caught so many, the net broke. Three and a half years later, same Jesus, same guys, and the net did not break. What happened? They're not who they used to be. They couldn't manage that back then. They weren't ready. No, they weren't ready. It was the same Jesus providing the same miracle, but they couldn't manage what they were asking for. Three and a half years later, after walking with Jesus and praying with Jesus, this time the net would not break. I'm here to tell you right now, there are things that broke in your past, but you're not who you used to be. There are things that broke in your life a year ago, but you're not who you used to be a year ago. There are relationships that broke three years ago, 
but you're not who you used to be three years ago. There are things in your family that fell apart six months ago. You're not even who you used to be six months ago. You know who you are. It's a new you in a new season with a new net. What does that mean? Let me prophesy to you. Whatever broke in your family, in your home, in your marriage, in your ministry, whatever broke in your past, put a smile on your face because this time your net will not break. Somebody praise God if you believe your net will not break. you believe that this time your net will not break raise one hand I want you to hear me I have to give you an Old Testament example and we'll land this right now in the Old Testament there's an example of a net breaking there's a man named Samson the net of his anointing broke long story short Samson boom uh, was a UFC MMA fighter Samson came along and he was long story short Samson had strength supernatural strength I mean, he could do things. And the reason he could do it is he had the, the secret of his strength. Anybody know? Hair. So there was a woman named Delilah. And the moment she found out, see, the moment the devil finds out what's the source of your strength, he attacks that source. If the devil knows where your strength comes from, then you're vulnerable and susceptible to satanic attack, right? That's the Old Testament. Why is that the Old Testament? What if I tell you that right now, the devil knows 100% what's the source of your strength? Pastor Sam, what? Yes, I'm here to tell you he knows the secret of your strength. What if I also tell you right here that even though he knows the secret of your strength, he can't do anything about it? You missed it. Because your strength is not in your hair. Your strength is not in your bank account. Your strength is not in your personality. Your strength is not in your eyes. Your strength is not in your oratory skills. Your strength is not in your educational acumen. Your strength is not you. Your strength is as greater as he that is in you. Your strength is in the spirit of the living God. It's in the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of you. And I have news for you. The devil cannot overcome or touch the spirit of God inside of you. If you believe that, lift up your hands. I want you to repeat after me. The net of my faith will not break. You have no idea what you're saying right now. I'm speaking to someone. Your net broke in the past. Maybe because someone with a blade cut it. Maybe because you weren't ready to manage what you asked for. You didn't have the maturity. You didn't have the character that lined up with the charisma. You didn't have the alignment. You didn't have the right people with you. It could have been the wrong you or the wrong people around you. So it broke. But this time God is telling you, I got this. Because this time, the net has been woven, been sewn together, not by you or by man. This is a net that has been put together by the grace-filled works of Jesus. Are you with me right now? So I'm here to tell you that relationship fell apart. From this moment on, your relational net will not break. Lift up both hands. I need you to repeat after me. Only if this is for you. Repeat after me. This time, the net will not break. Say it like you believe it. This time, the net will not break. My faith net will not break. I sense an anointing. My family net will not break. Ooh, my future net will not break. My holiness net will not break. My love net will not break. 
My shalom net will not break. My favor net will not break. My health net will not break. My financial net will not break. How about this? The net of my children and my children's children and my children's children's children and my children's 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 children will not break. Somebody give God a praise if you believe your net will not break. Lift up your hands. I dare you to lift up your hands and repeat after me. I am the recipient of an unbreakable net. Say it like you believe it. I am the recipient of an unbreakable net. My net will not break. It will never break. If you really believe that, raise your hands. If you believe that what the devil was able to break before or what you broke before through your own actions or what others did to you, if you believe that this time the net will not break, raise one hand. If you really believe it, if you believe that it not only will not, but it cannot break because God got this. Raise both hands. Lower your hands for a second. We're done. Done. Here's Jesus. Watch this. Here's Jesus. I have fish for you. Read it. Read it. I have fish. I have fish for you, but why don't you give me what you have? I'm going to drop the mic and walk away. If he had fish for them, why would he ask them to give him what they caught? I read this and the Holy Spirit filled me revelation and it blew me away. Are you willing to give God back what he just provided for you? You missed it. I know you're, you're going to get this in a second. I feel God. I know I got to hurry. I got to catch a flight to our LA campus. But here's Jesus going, I got this. Look, I don't need your help in getting fishes. But I, wanna, I want you to give me what you caught. Can you believe God asking you to, but Lord, you just provided this. We've been, we've been working all night for this. And Jesus says, give it to me. Do you really, do you trust me? Give it to me. See, if you keep it, if you keep it and you don't give it to me, then you're all about the catch. But if you really believe it's all about me and you give me what I just gave you, then every day I will fill your net. If, if you're happy with one breakthrough, then you keep your net. But if you're ready to have a filled net every day of your life, then you're willing to give God back the very thing he gave you. What am I talking about? So he saved you, right? He delivered you. He healed you. He took care of you. And then he says, now that I did this for you and to you, give me back your life. I want to use your life for my name to be glorified. I want to use your life for my name to be exalted. Are you willing to give God back what he gave to you? He wants to make sure you're not worshiping the harvest. He wants to make sure you're not worshiping the breakthrough. That even when your net is full, you're still willing to give him back what he gave you. Because I trust you. Can, do you trust God for everything? Can God trust you with anything? And then when you answer those two questions, then you can ask, who should I trust? If you got this, raise your hand.
Let's do this one more time. I want you to look up here. This is the net that will not break. It is the net of the gospel of Jesus. It is the net that says that Jesus saves. It is the net that says that Jesus only saves. No other God, no other way but Christ. It is the net that says that Jesus delivers. It is the net that says that Jesus heals. It is the net that says that generational curses are now replaced with generational blessings. It is the net that says that you can live a life free from demonic and satanic activity and bondage and oppression. It is the net that says that Jesus is coming back again. It is the net of the gospel and the net will not break. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had nets in my past that have broken. But in the name of Jesus, I know for certain I'm living it out that for the rest of my life, I will carry a net that will not break. Because the net was not fabricated. It was not made in the household of Samuel Rodriguez. This net was made by the nail-pierced hands of Christ. It was paid by the blood. It's not even my net. Even the net that I'm using to catch my breakthrough was paid in full by everything that Jesus did. Are you, that's how I know the net will not break because it's not about what I do for God. It's about what God already did for me. So I don't know about you, but if you believe that right now you're getting a new net for a new you in a new season and this time the net will not break if you believe that I want you to give God the best praise you've given him in 2019 do it right here right now lift up your hands I dare you to shout my net will not break say it with me say my net will not break 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 Stand with me. Are you willing to give him? Are you willing to give it? But God, you just gave me this. I know. Are you willing to give me back what I gave you? But you just gave me this. I know. But if, if I, hey, Sam. Hey, Jim. Hey, Sean. If I filled it once, don't you think I can fill it again? Give me what I just gave you. Trust me. All you need to do is drag it to shore and I'll take care of the rest. All you got to do is drag it. That's called faith. I got this. I'll provide for you. I'll take care of you. I'll fight for you. Just give me back what I gave you. There's a gift I placed in you when you were born. Give me that gift. If I put grace on that gift, then the outcome will be glory. My grace on the gift I gave you will provoke me to get all the glory. Give it to me. Hey, what did God give you? What talent do you have? Your creativity, your innovation. What did God place in you? What's your dream? What's your dream, baby? That dream, do you think you got that dream inspired by some imported cannabis? You're off. Your dream, the, the cannabis may have, may have made the dream a bit interesting. But the dream, you know what I'm talking about, the dream. There's something that keeps you up, that tells you you're not done yet. It's the stuff that makes your stomach just go up and go, you know why you're not satisfied? 
Because you're not living out the dream. You've accommodated to the drama instead of living in the dream. Let me repeat again. So many people are buried today with unfulfilled dreams. People full of dreams are all buried in cemeteries all across California around the world. All Jesus says is, give me the dream I gave you. Why does he want it back? Because he wants to forge it. And then he'll give it back to you and say, run with it for a while. And then he says, when you get all excited, I'm almost there. God says, uh-uh, let me have it. Let me, let me do this. But I'm almost there. He goes, yeah, you don't know what's waiting for you here. Let me just take care of your dream. It's actually my dream. Call it yours if you want so you can feel good about yourself. Hashtag your dream, wink, wink. It's crazy when you get there. It's crazy when you get there all sweaty, tired, and he tells you to give him what he just gave you. That's hard. That's hard. I'm here to tell you, your net doesn't have to break. Your net will not break. Your net cannot break. Lift up your hands. I sense God. If you've never had a net in your life that ever broke, this message is not for you. But if you can look back in your past and you can say, yeah, man, I, I can, there's some nets in my life that broke. I'm here to tell you your net will not break. Your net will not, I sense the Holy Spirit as I tell you right now, your net will not break. Pastor Sam, how can you be certain? Because the word of God is the word of God is the word of God. Your net will not break. It will not break. But it broke so many times, man. I thought it was the right person in my life and look what happened. God says, I got this. It's not the same you. You're different. We are different. You knew me from afar. But now you know me. Before you used to know God when God went this and he shouted. Now you're so mature that you could hear God whisper. Before it required noise. And now it all requires God speaking with a still small voice in your spirit saying, I love you. I got you. It's all me. Trust me. Father, seal this word right now. If there's anyone here right now, we're, we're going to do what we usually do, but I need to lower your hands for a second. If there's anyone here who says, Pastor Sam, I need the unbreakable net right now. I just need this. I need this right now. If that's you, when I count to three, I'm not going to call you up here, so many of you. All I want you to say is, Pastor Sam, my net broke in the past, my relational net, my marriage net, my, my financial net, my faith net, my integrity net broke. And Pastor Sam, I'm tired of seeing my nets breaking. I'm scared of my kids' net right now. It looks like the net is breaking for my kids and I'm, I'm claiming God's promises, but man, I don't want to lose my kids. I don't want to get to the shoreline and my kid's not there. I don't want my children not to be in the net. What am I going to do? And Pastor Sam, I'm praying and believing, but man, I feel like my kids are going the other way and there's holes in the net. You need to believe God right now that your net will not break. 
God is saying, I got this. God is saying, don't worry about your kids. When you get to the shoreline, they'll be waiting for you. That person you love, you like. So let's do it right now. With your eyes closed, we've really got to hurry. We're a little bit over time. If you say, Pastor Sam, I've had nets that have broken, and I'm, I'm believing God for this truth, this anointing, and I'm believing after today, I will carry an unbreakable net. If that's you right now, raise your hand quickly. Go. I'm going to pray over you right now. Father, you gave me this word for each and every one of us who have experienced broken nets in our past. For those of us that know what it is to drag the net by ourselves and today we discover that we need others. Lord, here we are. We're asking you right now, oh God, through the grace-filled work of Christ, through the blood of Jesus, the love and the mercy and the forgiveness of Christ, for you right now to stitch together an unbreakable net. Place that net in our lives, our family, our faith, our integrity, our future, our, our hope, our love, the net of our shalom, of our finances, of our health. The net of every single aspect of our lives from A to Z. We are believing that a net has been stitched together, woven together by the grace-filled hands of Jesus. And this time, the net not only will not break, better yet, this time the net cannot break. In the name of Jesus, we receive it. If you receive it, say in Jesus' name, it is mine. This net is mine for the glory of Christ. It's actually His by his grace I am a co-inheritor through Christ our Lord in Jesus name give God one more clap offering